Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast, and as it is Sunday, the first Sunday uh, in a new month here in August, as the, the summer continues to fly by, we have another sit rep episode with, uh, honestly, you know, plenty to talk about. Um, if this is your guys' first time checking out a sit rep, uh, we try to do these once a month. Sometimes, sometimes they'll be twice, right, if there's something like extra uh, important that happens that pops up, right, that we need to talk about, you know, but, uh, once a month, talk about current events, a lot of it, uh, unfortunately, I think it's just the sign of the times, right? A lot of it just ends up being very political. So if this isn't, you know, <clears throat> your, uh, your slice of cake, then I mean, no hard feelings, but it's also why we try to do this in a separate format, you know, away from uh, what we do with the normal pod discussions, uh, the guest interviews, and, and those go there sometimes too. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot going on. We got stuff going on with, Oh, where do we start? The president, uh, the vice president. I got some stuff on both of them that I want to get into, uh, the former president. Um, and then, you know, some, some military action potentially, uh, being taken by some, uh, world superpowers here that is, uh, of, I would say probably some pretty, pretty large concern. You know, um, when we start talking about mobile or world superpowers mobilizing together, it is indicative of something larger to come, typically, uh, whether it's the U.S. and one of its allies or it's, you know, other countries. It it usually means that something is going on, something is happening, uh, and, you know, attention needs to be paid, uh, think, you know, conversations need to be had, things like that uh, at all levels, right? Uh, you would you would hope that our uh, esteemed leadership in the country here, the Biden administration, right, would uh, pay closer attention to some of these things. But that would also mean that he'd have to do his job, which, um, well, I'm not really sure um, how much of that he's actually doing these days. You don't ever you don't hardly see him. He doesn't really talk to the media very much, uh, and he gets a whole lot of defense from the liberal media uh, on basically everything. So, um, but we're going to get into. A whole bunch of this stuff, you know. Um, I got a couple different talking points here that I, I wrote down and making notes and everything. And uh, yeah, before we get into that, I have to say thank you to our Patreon patrons, um, guys. If you've <clears throat> been checking out the Patreon, uh, most of you guys that, that signed up lately, uh, you guys got included in the gift drop. So uh, if you've been watching 100 Concepts and their Instagram, they've been teasing their Scope Cat Pros. We uh, were able to hook up the Patreon patrons with uh, with those. So those should be going out in the next week or two here, or uh, probably in the next two weeks, I would say, because I know the release is like beginning of September, so the early release for those guys on Patreon is probably uh, one of the last two weeks of August. They'll be out and probably get it in the last week of August. So you get early access and you know, obviously for free. So, uh, if you guys are hearing this and that sounds pretty cool and you like free stuff and, and you like free access to exclusive items that nobody else gets, uh, then head on over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod and, uh, sign up. You guys will uh, get access to giveaways and gifts. Uh, not, not that it happens a ton of the time, but it does happen sometimes. We did it over the winter uh, with a thank you gift. Um, and then again this year, you know, uh, Jonah at 100 Concepts was nice enough to reach out. So uh, really, really cool stuff going on. But also have to say thank you uh, to our, our sponsors. This is a sponsored podcast. We do get some really outstanding support for some really, really cool companies. So with that, I have to say thank you to Midwest Gunworks. Guys, Check out their website, midwestgunworks.com. Go look at 
I mean, whatever you need, they've got it. It is a great online retailer, a great source for picking up parts to finish a build or upgrade a build, uh, or maybe you're just changing something out, right? You bought like an MMP Sport 2 off the shelf and you got rid of that A-frame site and you need a new handguard. They got it all going on there, barrels, handguards, bolt carrier groups, uh, stocks and furniture, magazines, optics. They got it all in stock. If it's out of stock, they'll tell you they're not just going to take your money and sit on it for 90 days and then ship it out like some other websites. And they've been in business since 97. You guys are not exactly a fly-by-night operation, and they're going to take great care of you. They set you up with discount code PREPAREDMINDSET. It's going to save you 5% off your order when you head to MidwestGunWorks.com to pick up one of their Edgar Sherman design slings they have in stock, some gunsmithing tools, like I said, optics, flashlights, red dots, I mean, whatever you guys need. Midwest Gunworks is going to take care of you. Thank you to our newest sponsor, the fellows over at HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, Tactical Gear is great. Uh, I mean, I know it's it's uh, slightly overrated in the discussion we have uh, out there in the internets, but you know what? It affords you a whole lot of capability, and you have to be able to carry your gear. That's the thing. Skill sets are great. But if you can't even carry the gear, that's a problem, and that's where HRT comes in. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. You can check out their series of ARC belts with the, in the Velcro inner belt and the Tigris outer belt. Very rigid, very comfortable, very lightweight. I have just switched over to their mag pouches for pistol and AR mags, and... Man, they are like the perfect amount of retention straight out of the box. There's no break-in period. You don't got to beat up the Kydex inserts or, you know, heat them up with a hairdryer or anything. Absolutely great. And I've been running the Elbac plate carrier, which is their load-bearing adaptive carrier. Never messed with the Tikris Cummerbund before. Was really apprehensive about it just because it was so new. But, man, I don't know they'll ever go back. Um, it's really nice being able to just add stuff out there on your sides and not have it sag down and not have to fight with it every time you put your carrier on and off because the elastic is stretching out and things like that. HRT has a lot of great things going on. Guys, head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. Check out the pouches. Their placards are outstanding. Uh, the Sporin Dangler pouch is probably the largest one I've found on the market with organization and things. I run med out of that. Tons and tons of great options. And I don't know that I've seen too much there that is out of stock or back ordered. So head on over to the website. Check it out. Big thanks to those guys. Thank you as well to, we just mentioned a moment ago, 100 Concepts. Guys, I talk to Jonah now, it seems like, at least once a week, and those dudes are doing great work over at 100 Concepts, and I'm super, super thankful for their support. You guys can go check out 100concepts.com. You can sign up for the mailing list for those Scope Cap Pros. I just ordered myself a, uh, a an RMR Hex Cap for my 16-inch uh, rifle um, that's actually running the Scope Cap Pro prototype that I've been playing with, and... Honestly, I just I love everything those guys are doing. Their motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. Go check it out, man. It costs you a couple minutes, and honestly, like you get some emails after the fact too for follow-up orders, or if you're not sure, 15% off, 20% off, 25% off coupon codes that you can use for more gear, for more purchases to make sure that every one of your lights, every one of your scopes has their caps on them, and you're reducing glare, you're reducing signature, and you're addressing the issues that we as real-world shooters need to be concerned with again 100concepts.com these guys are blowing up go check out the website sign up for the mailing list and don't miss these new exciting gear jobs they got coming they also just teased their aperture cap for their night vision so that's exciting as well and uh, i'm very interested to get my hands on some of that stuff and last but not least, huge shout out to LARP Labs. Guys, if you have handheld lights, if you have optics on your rifle, and you should, and a white light on your rifle, you also should, 
check out what LARP Labs has going on. I know a lot of us spray paint our rifles and we do all kinds of things like ghillie and jute and stuff to kind of camouflage and dress up the rifle. However, if you don't want to paint your optics, if you don't want to paint your lasers, that's where LARP Labs can come in and can help you with their computer cut 3M vinyl wraps. It's not a sticker. It's not going to peel. It's going to get those like little goofy air pockets underneath it where you got to go around with a safety pin and, and, and poke them out and stuff. It is not a sticker. It's a vinyl wrap. And it is rated for three years of outdoor use. They use them on things like, you know, competitive rock crawlers and and off-road vehicles and things like that. And this stuff holds up great. I was out training in the rain, no problems, no peeling, uh, nothing fell off, didn't get, you know, water under the edges or anything like that. They hold up amazingly well. They set up discount code prepared mindset to save you guys 10% off your order. So when you go pick up some wraps for your cloud defensive, they got the rain 2.0 and 3.0 heads. Now, uh, your handheld lights like the ones from cloud, um, you know, optics from EOTech and, uh, Aimpoint, Vortex, Hollow Sun, tons and tons of options available on the site in all kinds of different, you know, camo patterns and colorways. And they are adding more all the time. Head on over to LARPLabs.com and check it out for yourselves. Okay, so let's uh, let's just dive in, you know, because there's like I said, there's a, there's a bunch to talk about, and uh, I mean, I don't even know where is it where to start. I guess we'll start with uh, <clears throat> the most lighthearted of this, and I guess maybe it's the low hanging fruit. Maybe, maybe should I feel bad about? No, I don't feel bad about this. No. Um, so again our esteemed vice president Kamala Harris and you know let me just pause for a second because I don't want it to seem like I am only being critical of leadership because they're the opposing political party to which I align myself for the most part you know and I kind of flirt with that line between libertarian and republican but I'm not only against these people because they're democrats but I do feel like incompetence in leadership needs to be pointed out at all levels, um, which we'll actually get to on both sides in just a couple of minutes here. But Kamala Harris, um, again, getting quoted and, and, and picked uh, in the media uh, for her most recent statements around community banks and community banking. Um, and so those of you guys have listened before, you know that I work in finance. Um, I did at one point in my career work in uh, bank branches at a couple different banks um, as a teller and as a banker and things, you know. So I, I have some somewhat of a unique perspective when these kinds of subjects and topics uh, come up. And I, and I still work in finance, so I'm very much still attached to all of that, just not in the way that uh, I guess when you when, when, when you think of banking, you think of a branch, right? Um, I don't do that stuff. So uh, there's that consideration. But so Harris's comments around <laughs> the redundancy that she you know has in her commentary, community banks are in the community <laughs> and they service small businesses within the community. And it's like, holy shit, woman, like you were you were a fucking attorney. I'm pretty sure she was a district attorney. So your level of education, like law school, bar, like this is this is where I start to have some problems with people. Like when people want to like flaunt their four year degree or their eight year whatever, uh, and talk about how great they are and how much uh, better than you they are, and then you see people like this who are among you would think right, our best and brightest and highest educated in our country would be our elected leadership and especially those that are former 
lawyers. Now, granted, we've had some leadership, right? President Trump, like not not a lawyer. <clears throat> Certainly needs one a lot, but not a lawyer himself. Has found a lot of success in other ways. Now, when you look at people that go through law school, that's a several-year process, and I'm pretty sure those briefs and things you write up, those get reviewed, you get graded. That's that's like That's like part of what's going on. So for her to sit there and make those comments about that, and it's so redundant, and she's done it before. People, they're now they're just calling it word salad, because she just keeps mixing up the same thing over and over and over again to try and make it a new statement. But it's really not. I mean, it's community banking. Yes, community banking. Um, for those of you that may not be grasping this, when I'm when I'm saying it is small banks, right? Um, they have a handful of branches. Uh, I don't know what the threshold is. I would say, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, 25 and under total. And that's what makes up a community bank. Um, are there small community banks? Sure. Um, you can even get into like credit unions and stuff. And some of those only have like five or, or less branches. Some credit unions are a single branch. That's fine. Like small deposit bases and things. But in the same, in the same breath and the same sound bike, she goes on to talk about how community banks are more in tune with small business and middle-class Americans, I think. Uh, And that's why she and President Biden, since coming into office, have invested $12 billion into community banks. And here's what I'll say about that is, yes, you invested $12 billion in community banks. And you're going to sit here and say, the big banks don't know how to help people. And big banks are bad. And what's the narrative that we keep getting the push from the left? Wall Street's bad. It's Wall Street's fault that we're ha- that the economy is in this position. It's all Wall Street and large banks. It's all their fault um, because we're having economic problems right now. The economy is in the shitter, regardless of what the president or the vice president will have you you know believe. Um, they want to blame the banks and not their failed policies, not their poor you know political decisions. So they put twelve billion into community banks, which is. I mean, for some of the larger banks, it's actually a drop in the bucket. Um, and actually, and it's funny because I saw somebody post something the other day about uh, how the Federal Reserve is a Ponzi scheme and, uh, you know, how currency is just printed by the Federal Reserve and given an arbitrary valuation. And it's, you know, people love to hate on banks. Um, and okay, like I, at one extent, I understand that. But at the other, it's like, okay, if you understood banking, though, it's, not really that, you know, look at any civilized society in the history of the world, and there has been currency. You know, if we go to this straight up barter system, which is almost what some people seem to imply by wanting to get rid of the Federal Reserve, wanting to get rid of the guarantee that backs the currency, which is basically the backbone of uh, of any successful country, really, right? Uh, you go to a barter system, and we're basically at socialism. So it's like the right wing, the the right, the right road instead of the left road. It's the right road to socialism, uh, where currency has no value. <laughs> uh, it's basically worthless, and we go to a barter system. So, but everyone loves to hate on socialism. So, here's the thing, though, is that you need to understand how banking works to, I think, have a more educated opinion on it. Um, yes, the Federal Reserve just prints money and puts an arbitrary value to it. 
Um, the Federal Reserve doesn't determine that, though. The markets do. <clears throat> now, when we jump back and we talk about everything that happened in 2020 and all the stimmy that was thrown out there, right? Those stimulus packages that were signed in with a bunch of extra shit like, oh, $135,000 to Howard University for this and $2.2 million to the Center for uh, Advancing Women's Studies or some shit. I don't know. Yes, there is more and more money just dumped out. And then there's billions given to Ukraine, which we'll touch on in a second as well. But as more and more of this money is printed, it's basic supply and demand. If there is so much money floating around out there in circulation, it is inherently less valuable. So therefore, it takes more money to buy goods because that $1 is worth less than, than what it was before. Ideally, you want to have this nice fluctuation in between high value and low value, <clears throat> and that creates a stable and healthy economy. Um, right now, we have a, I would say, unhealthy economy because uh, you know gas is four dollars a gallon, bags of chips are six and seven dollars when they used to be three, maybe four for the good ones. You know, um, cases of pop have gone up to like I don't know ten dollars when they used to be three or four. You know, just some arbitrary stuff I pick up just walking around and looking at, at things and. Grocery store shelves are no longer packed because those stores also then cannot afford to bring in as much product, and uh, a lot of these manufacturing places cannot afford to run because of similar issues and things. So it's all interconnected, um, and getting back to the point of blaming the large banks for everything that's happened with the economy, that's, oh, that's why we're putting money into community banks. Well, we also had a couple banks fail um, in the 2023 calendar year, Signature Bank and um, Silicon Valley Bank, so on opposite sides of the country. They did not fail because there's a inherent like crisis in the banking industry that everyone's working to cover up, which I saw that shared a lot, and I saw some really stupid videos about how the country's on the brink of collapse because of it. It's not fucking true. What happened is that every bank has to, according to FDIC regulations and government regulators and the comptroller of the currency and all that good stuff, right? You have to keep X amount of dollars, or you should be keeping X amount of dollars, like literally just sitting there. So money that people come in and deposit, you know, you can loan out some of it and off the interest is how you make money as a bank to then do other things, develop new online banking stuff or build new buildings or whatever. <clears throat> so you should have a decent amount of your actual customer's money just sitting there so that when they go to pull it out, you you have it readily available. Um, the stable banks are somewhere around 70%, actually, believe it or not. They're the large banks. They can have deposit bases that are, that are not super, super liquid. <clears throat> for comparison, I believe the one for like Silicon Valley, they had like 4%, which is like shockingly low. Right. So and, and they were a bank that I believe I was told they did like a lot of startups and stuff out in Silicon Valley, out in the West Coast. So um, they when people like figured this out, because that kind of stuff is put out on earnings reports. Now, a lot of people don't know how to read them. Like, I don't know how to read it. Uh, it's very um, I don't say like techie, but it's 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 not easy to discern unless you have like a finance degree and you're used to looking at that stuff. I don't work in that capacity and I never have. I hope I never do, honestly, but um, I don't, it's hard to look at that. Well, somebody figured it out, I think, and posted it on Reddit and there was a run on the bank. People freaked out and said, oh, they have no money. So everybody go get yours and make sure you don't lose out on money. Well, inherently, not everybody makes it in time. So the, they 
you know, people pulled out of their money and the bank could not honor those deposits and they went under. Um, similar situation with Signature Bank in uh, New York. Now, here's the thing. The federal government stepped in and all banks do pay into the FDIC. So like technically there was not a taxpayer bailout that like, I don't want to call it a slush fund, but that fund that the FDIC had, they like, they took care of it and everything. So there's not, there was two instances, one of which, again, I'll go to Silicon Valley, hired a CEO that was not qualified to run the bank making decisions, but they picked somebody who checked all the boxes. They were a woman. They were of ethnic minority status. They were, uh, they were not, they they were, uh, they were gay, right? So they, they were very, you know, uh, diversity and equity and inclusion high, but on qualifications low. So, while they continue to blame big banks for all these issues, oh, well, we're dumping money into small community banks because that's the answer. Well, small community banks more often than not actually end up going under and having issues, and then they get acquired by larger banks. Now, we never hear about this. We, we think it's a merger. We think it's a buyout until you dig into it, and it's like, oh, it's just that they were not managed. They could not bring in the revenue. They could not compete with larger banks. And so they were absorbed or they were taken over temporarily uh, by the government and then just absorbed, bought it, bought out and merged whatever with another bank. And you can say, oh, that's because the evil big banks are choking them out. That's not the fucking point. However, the point is they do look to the government for more help. Um, So by investing this money in only community banks, it is kind of, uh, you know, it can be construed as a step towards trying to fight against uh, the economic system and blame large banks and divert the attention um, you know, away from what they're doing. Just my opinion. You could probably disagree with a lot of that. I, but um, I thought it was funny that, again, just the <clears throat> the statements being made by the vice president being so hilariously and awfully redundant that uh, it's like, how is this an elected leader? And honestly, she's the one in front of the mic more often than not. The president never talks to the media. And this guy has announced that he's running again. So speaking of the president, here's the other thing I want to get into today is this ongoing uh, legal situation where there's been whistleblowers and people now talking about the Biden family's connection to uh, their son Hunter's business and the president basically taking kickbacks, uh, going back to like the Obama administration, who was the vice president. There was a letter that has come out from Devin Archer, who was one of Hunter's business partners, right? Um, Basically, um, you know, leveraging the the vice presidential office to get around government regulations in other countries to help. Basically, they're privatizing this uh, is what their business model was and using the VP office to try and skirt those regulations and push things through and, and make money and, and things like that. Um, there's allegations right now that Biden was paid five billion dollars by Ukrainian natural gas firm uh, Burisma Holdings. So wh- why is why is that important? Oh, because we've been pouring billions of dollars into Ukraine. So when you find out that there's these billion dollar or multi-billion dollar deals, if, if Biden's cut was only 5 billion, right. Um, then doesn't it make you slightly concerned that despite what a lot of Americans are saying here at home, like, yes, let's help. But why are we sending so much money? Where is the money going? Hey, how can we have so many issues here at home? Like we can't secure the border because it's too expensive. We can't, you know, uh, upgrade our infrastructure and get supply chain management back under control because it's just too expensive. Um, Oh, and but our big issues are not those. Our big issues are apparently uh, gun control and indicting President Trump. And uh, we're just not going to we're just not going to deal with this. Like here's, here's my thing, like going into business for yourself, having a side hustle. 
I'm not inherently against that. Like a lot of people do it. Technically, what you're listening to right now, this podcast has become my uh, side business, my, my side hustle uh, from my day job. Look at President Trump. He was a businessman before he got into political office. Where I do start to have some questions is that Biden has been a career politician going back to like the 60s or 70s. He's been in politics for like 40 fucking years. It, I mean, at least 40 years. And how are you getting involved in these businesses? It, it doesn't even what mark for anybody the, the slightest of impropriety that you're being involved with these businessmen in other countries for deals pushing out of not even just the millions of dollars, but the billions of dollars. And we're supposed to what, just ignore this because, oh, he's, he's a great guy and Hunter's a good boy and Hunter definitely doesn't, you know, bang whores and do copious amounts of illegal drugs and then leave him in the white house. But, you know, I, I digress. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's, I'm sure they're, they're just great people and uh, they're doing wonderful things for the country, right? Because that's what we keep hearing from the media and from people that are just like these blatant, like liberals, just uh, just idiotic defenders of everything that's going on. Oh, they're doing great things. Oh, you just want Trump back. And it's like, well, I mean, I would kill to have Trump back right now. Are you kidding me? Gas was below $2 a gallon. Your guy comes in and we're at 4 you know, we had groceries on on the shelves. Life was good. The stock market was high. Things were good. Oh, that's just because Obama's policies finally kicked in. No, no, it's not. There is no there is no political package that ever gets passed that takes over four years to kick in. The idea, the very concept that the Obama administration is responsible for the success the country saw under Trump is absolutely just hysterically stupid. And I've said that before, and I'll keep saying it because I, I it's so ignorant. It's just regurgitating the next thing that somebody else said. When you ask for proof, they can't give you any proof. Those people cannot actually provide you any answers or any proof to how any of the Obama era, you know, uh, it, policies from that administration directly contributed to the successes of the Trump administration. Oh well, it was his policies that that picked up the stock market. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. You know what, what Trump did? He forced U.S. companies to bring production and manufacturing back into America. <laughs> he stopped the tariffs, the like ridiculous tariffs and things we had with other countries. He increased tariffs on sending uh, you know, our labor production and things out of country. He made moves to force companies to keep the money here. And then as a result, like holy fucking shit, as a result, the companies are doing better. They have more employees. People are buying American-made. Like, that's a very high level look at it, but yes, um, things were better. So I don't know what's going to happen with this whole Biden letter situation. I hope something happens. I hope honestly he is impeached. You know, we've had impeachment hearings for Trump. We had impeachment hearings for Clinton. Uh, in both instances, you know, if you look at Clinton and at Biden, in both instances, uh, it became pretty clear pretty quickly that they lied. The issue is a lot less of what they did. Well, okay, with with Bill Clinton, it was less an issue of what he did and more an issue that he lied about it. That's the issue, okay? Now, we have an issue where Biden is lying, whether he realizes it or not, <laughs> with his mental status being in, in what seems to be constant question. I can't remember the last time that we heard about him getting a, a health examination from, like, the, the doctor, but at any rate... <clears throat> 
what he's doing, though, where he's potentially taking bribes at the highest of levels to send taxpayer dollars by the billions to Ukraine, where his son uh, has large investments and his company stands to make a shitload of money. That's not okay. That's that's a, that's a pretty big issue. Lying is just kind of like the icing on the cake when you look at, at that. Um, and of course, you know, uh, the House and the Senate, right? Because of the uh, two-party system here, and we're just going to stand by the party line and do whatever is needed so we can win re-election and not have to ever really work again in our lives. They're just, they're fine slow playing this. And I, and I don't know, maybe they don't have any faith that Biden's going to win the re-election and then this, this just, it could just goes away. I don't, I don't know. I don't see that playing out. Um, there is the overwhelming fear, and this brings us to our next topic, that tr- President Trump could be reelected for uh, a second term. Now, we haven't seen that with the words like President A, then new president, then President A is back again. You know, uh, We haven't seen that in this country in quite a long time, and I believe it was only one other instance where it did happen. Um, but President Trump is now in D- D.C. Uh, for his third arraignment. And they, it's his third because the first two were fruitless. But our Democrat lawmakers, our politicians, right, all, most of them, not all of them, there are some Republicans that are against Trump too, um, keep pushing for these indictments um, and want to keep bringing charges up. And they are just absolutely absurd. Nothing has come of it. Nothing came from the Russian collusion trials and the Steele dossier, like that proved that that anything that Trump did was, uh, you know, illegal or out of line, or he's guilty of anything that obviously required prison time. They were screaming about his tax returns for forever. Uh, it, it just and it and now you have Mike Pence, right? So Mike Pence, his former vice president, who he worked closely with, I would assume, right, for four years, coming out saying that he might testify against uh, Donald Trump. And it just goes to show, you know, not that you should have blind loyalty to anybody. Um, I I don't advocate for that at all. And if this truly is the instance or the event where we come to find out that, yes, um, Trump did do something wrong, and then, yes, he needs to suffer the punishment for that, 110%. But it does go to highlight that some of these people, these politicians, even, you know, uber-Christian, ultra-conservative Mike Pence, who... Uh, I don't think anybody really cared for as a vice president. He was like, I will say, probably the very textbook definition of a lame duck vice president, um, short of like the fly landing on his hair in the debate or something. Um, I don't, I, I don't think anybody cared for him. But now he is taking the opportunity to invalidate Trump by testifying against him, because I think, again, this is just my semi-educated and mostly uneducated opinion here is that as a politician, he sees the opportunity to eliminate one of his largest contenders from the election next year. Because if Trump is indicted and he's serving prison time, he's obviously not allowed to run for presidential office. Uh, Now, are there, you know, Perry Johnson is out there. Yes. Ron DeSantis. Yes. Fine. But Trump's done the job before. Trump's done the job successfully before. And if I were somebody who was trying to run for the Republican nomination, because that's kind of the first fight you got to win, anytime you can take out one of the heavy hitters, like, yeah, go for it. So that's what this looks like to me. Now, I'm sure he would say this up and down. That's not true. That's not the case. And, you know, he he's doing what's right and he's doing what's needed of him to serve the people. Whatever, dude, uh, you are testifying against a former colleague uh in an opportunity to advance yourself, not because it was the right thing to do. Like if there were really that many issues, he would have been indicted by now. 
they are just doing this in a desperate, desperate, desperate attempt to make him look bad in the media because people are dumb and they just believe what they see on TV and what they read on the internet. Oh, he's being indicted for a third, or sorry, indicted and arraigned for a third time now, so he must have so much going on with him criminally, I'll never vote for him, right? They're trying to take all of the question out of this and just put out the certainty that Trump must be a terrible, terrible person. They're waging this gigantic and very expensive, by the way, media campaign against Donald Trump because they don't want him back in the office to undo what the Democrat Party has done with their, I mean, horseshit agenda. Um, I mean, look at it for what it is. People don't look into these things. People don't dig into the situations. They don't look for the context and they don't think about it. Normal people don't. They just go about their lives and they watch ABC or NBC News, whatever, CBS News every night while they're eating dinner, and that's it. And they just believe everything they see on there because they're, you know, it's the news. For decades in this country, we were able to trust the news. That's no longer the case. Uh, the government has burned that to the ground with uh, constantly and consistently going to the media, pushing their narratives rather than pushing the truth. And that that falls on both sides of the aisle. Uh, so the American people, I think, largely don't trust the media. And then there's the people, there's a lot of people out there that are just dumb enough not to care and not to pay attention. They just listen to everything that's shoved down their throats, including the Fox News, which, I mean, I personally prefer Fox over any of them. Uh, not that they get everything right, that's for damn sure. But I prefer them because they do seem to be less biased um, in a lot of things. Um, and they talk about how bad, you know, Fox news is. I get in that fight with my dad, like on a regular fucking basis, it is the most aggravating and annoying shit in, uh, in the world. Um, because every time I I throw something out there, like, Hey, this is bad. This is what's going on. Oh, where'd you hear that? Fox news. Like, well, that's, that's where I get my news. That's the only place I get my news from, uh, when I do go watch the news. Otherwise I will research online and, read articles and find reports and pull statistics and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I did hear that one, whatever that one was, right? Whatever context of that discussion. Yes, I may have heard that there. And then, oh yeah, that's why. It's like, you know, like I have a friend who even used to work at a store where customers would wait for their car to be worked on and literally was bragging about how he put a parental lock on Fox News so that people could only watch like MSNBC and, uh, you know, CBS and ABC news. And he thought it was the greatest thing ever because Fox is the worst and it. And it's like, you shouldn't be allowed to do that shit, dude. Like you as an employee should not to be able to fucking do that. And the fact that you are that proud of that, it shows what kind of a piece of shit human being you are. If you're going to do it, you should block out all the news channels. But what do people want to watch when they're sitting in a waiting room? Usually the news, you know, so maybe give them the opportunity, but maybe not be such a selfish prick bastard to only restrict people to your political views because you're kind of a turd. Um, but moving on, um, also now uh, for the second time around, the Democrats, I believe there's like 24 of them that are behind this bill right now, are demanding a 1,000% excise tax on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And this is obviously something that we really need to talk about um, because it applies directly to so much of what we do and so much of what we talk about on the podcast and so much of our content and things is firearms-related. We're very pro 2A podcast, and uh, you know, training capability really does come for better or for worse, right? It's very related to firearms. And yes, you'll get those guys like, well, well, if you don't roll once a week, you know, you don't do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you ain't shit. And it's like, okay, uh, there's probably something to be said about that. 
However, if you're talking about the actual survivability and preparedness piece, not just self-defense on a street corner, it comes back to firearms. It is the modern weapon of the modern age. (laughs) The Democrats continue to push this uh, narrative of how guns are bad and, ooh, they are the number one cause of child death, Um, which is not exactly accurate. Um, Now, I will say, yes, I am alarmed by any kind of violence, school shootings, things like that. But however, they keep throwing the same shit at the wall because it's a very useful narrative. So if they are successful, if they pass the legislation, then they were the ones that protected the children. They were the ones that took the steps to do what was necessary. They're great. Vote for them because they care about children. And it's still great because if they fail, then it's typically because the evil Republicans wouldn't do anything to save the children. So you either make the Republicans look bad or you make yourself look great. It's a win-win. There is no losing there for them. They can push the narrative all day long. And, and, and then what all this does is actually attack the middle class that wants to be able to protect their family, protect themselves, be a little bit better prepared in the event that we have those mostly peaceful protests, those pesky little protests, right, pop up again across all major cities in the continental U.S. when the next election rolls around and we possibly have a Republican president or maybe even a libertarian president for the first time, right? Uh, And we see all the rioting and looting and mostly peaceful destruction of property that ruins people's lives, right? Um, This would take the price of of a Glock. Let's just say like a standard home defense handgun. For a lot of people, that's a Glock, either Glock 19, Glock 17. They float around the $500 range, right? Five, 550, 450, something like that. We'll say 500, So then this $500 gun becomes a $5,000 gun, and you are essentially making self-defense and self-protection a commodity of the rich, that only the most super, you know, wealthy and high-class individuals who can afford protection details are able to buy these handguns, and then also on high-capacity magazines, which is a completely manufactured and made-up term. We've said that before on this podcast, it is... It shines in the media. It makes it sound bad. Oh, anything over 10 rounds is high capacity. No, it's not. The standard capacity magazines are 30 rounds. That's what most rifles ship with. Hell, when this rifle, the AR, and I'm saying this rifle is America's rifle, the AR platform, right? So let's say the M16 with the 18-inch barrel that was used in, or 20-inch barrel that was used in Vietnam and Korea and stuff, right? Even those came with 20-round magazines, so to say that anything over 10 rounds is high capacity is just an arbitrary number that's made up, much like the barrel lengths that are applied through the National Firearms Act for things like SBRs and, and things like that, you know, there's just arbitrary talking points, um, you know, and it's just another measure that's being pushed to try and restrict Americans' rights to self-defense, uh, try to clip the wings of the Second Amendment. And here's the thing. An unarmed population, and it, it it always sounds and feels so, you know, conspiracy theorist to say it like this, but put it in this perspective, any flourishing, right, country or nation, right, that was heading down this road and then allows it to happen, right, they disarm the people, inevitably the next step is government overreach and government control, which inevitably leads to a whole bunch of really bad shit. That's the simplest way I can put that. Disarming the population is one of the things that this country was founded against, 
because in Britain, you can't own firearms. They didn't want you owning guns there. Why do you think the Second Amendment was written in and guaranteed the right to keep and bear arms for a well-regulated militia to defend ourselves against tyranny? It's so obvious, and yet we still have these political talking heads, and a nation, for a large part, of people that are so bent and so conditioned to a complete lack of personal accountability for how they raise their kids so they don't go shoot up a school, how they take care of firearms, oh, their own personal protection, oh, they should be able to go wherever they want and do whatever they want and say whatever they want, and when they fuck around and find out, it's the person with a gun's fault, which in some instances that might be okay, you know, that might be true, but it's not always the gun. We don't do that with drunk driving. We don't, you know, increase the price of vehicles, thank God, actually. We don't increase the price of uh, alcohol, and put ridiculous taxes on that. So we reduce the number of drunk driving. And if you really want to talk about what takes more young lives than anything, it is probably driving under the influence. I don't have those numbers in front of me. If you want to call me on it and say that I'm full of shit and that I'm wrong, I, I welcome that, that discussion. Um, but we don't address that. We don't address the drug overdose issue. <coughs> Excuse me. We don't address, you know, the fentanyl crisis. I've lost friends to that drug. I have a friend who lost her son and is over a year after their passing still uh, suffering and mourning and struggling to deal with that. Um, but we don't deal with that. We call that an addiction, which is a disease and it's a medical condition and people are, they just can't do anything about it and they need our help. And these are all things that kill more people than guns do annually. Plus, if you look at those numbers, a lot of those are youth suicides, the suicide rate is always packed into those numbers because it's convenient to count it. But when you take it out, it's like two thirds of all gun deaths in the country are actually suicide. Um, even if you cut that and make it a half instead of two thirds, you're still looking at a drastically different number. Um, so if you're listening to this and you guys have democratic leadership, like we do here in Michigan, uh, I would definitely, again, reach out and make your opinion known and don't just don't just go to these websites and then use the pre-canned pre-written uh, message and statement like write your own message reach out to them directly don't do it through a third-party site send it yourself call them yourself these people work for you as as a taxpayer they answer to you and if they can't just like we talked about when we had Kara on talking about human trafficking and things if these politicians can't give you these answers they should not be our leaders in any city, in any state, at any level. Okay. Now, uh, to wrap, we'll just get to the, I guess, the bright spot in all of this. Uh, and of course, I say that with the utmost of sarcasm is um, apparently China and Russia are working together conducting a uh, joint naval operation or, you know, war games exercise or what the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But off the coast of Alaska, which is just great um, because you're looking at the two world superpowers who hate the U.S., um, and now they're getting together all buddy-buddy and doing naval operations uh, by Alaska, not into our territorial waters yet. I say yet. Um, but obviously the fact that they're working together like this is not awesome, especially after I'm pretty sure Russia was already conducting winter military exercises like last year or the year before in Canada, thanks Trudeau. Um, it starts to look like something, you know? It starts to look a whole lot like that movie Red Dawn. And you want to send me a box of tin foil to put on my head? I get it. I do. 
But at some point, if there's enough of these things that make you feel like a conspiracy theorist, right? They make you feel like you're losing your mind, but they're actually happening around you and they're all pointing towards the same thing. Uh, you may not be crazy. You might just be living in a really unfortunate time with a set of circumstances. Now, the U.S. did mobilize four destroyers to kind of help, I guess, guide these 11 ships. There was 11 of them total between uh, China and Russia, guide them away from Alaska for whatever good that did. Um, and like I said, they never entered our territorial waters, but like, look at what's going on right now. Russia is trying to take Ukraine by force. We know this because everybody on social media and Facebook puts a Ukrainian flag on their banner and we stand in solidarity with them. Oh, and we sent billions and billions of our fucking hard earned you know, dollars over to support them in ways that we don't know because there's no visibility. We also have China trying to forcefully take Taiwan. Taiwan, who is an independent country, but China claims that they, they own Taiwan. So uh, you kind of start to get this very um, concerning <laughs> appearance of a couple world superpowers starting to take and make moves of global aggression. And what we're doing about it is basically pandering to China. We're letting them come in and buy property here in the country. We're letting them invest heavily in different, you know, markets and areas of our economy. And our president is basically 110% on board with Ukraine and China. But Russia bad. Trump's fault. Don't look over here. Um, it's, uh, it, it starts to, you know, um, it starts to look like a whole lot of bullshit, guys. You know, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I... People want to ask now, I just posted about this today, you know, people buying gear and why do we need that? And why do you need to be prepared? And what the hell's going on? And it's like, look around, man. <laughs> I have so much less faith uh, in the stability and safety of our country than probably ever before. Like we could get invaded tomorrow and I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. We are at such a vulnerable point. We're spending so much time and energy arguing over what pronouns to call each other and talking about how Trump is the literally Adolf Hitler of, you know, this century and the rest of the world is getting their shit together in a huge way in a fast order. So uh, I don't know, man, like message me, tell me, tell me I'm fucking crazy. You know, tell me that I'm full of shit and that I don't know what I'm talking about and that you think that I'm making this worse. Like, give me something. Uh, cause right now I kind of just feel like things are headed in the absolute wrong direction. Um, so I'd be, you know, I'd be curious to hear what you guys, uh, what you guys have to say about it and, and how you feel about everything. So, um, thanks for sticking around. Uh, if you're still listening at this point and, uh, hearing my, uh, pontificating on my thoughts and opinions around uh, these current events and, and the political stuff, right. Um, we do these once a month, sometimes twice, if things get really spicy, I don't know. Um, but appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll have another one coming uh, in a couple weeks, right? like to keep it fresh. Uh, but until then, you guys get out there, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. <laughs> <laughs>